All right, Dion, by my count, you have about 124 teams listed on your page, 124 schools. A few are from out of the, outside the area, but we're yeah. now down to, again, by my count, basically 17, I think, within the Kansas City metro area playing for state titles. Got 12 games. Uh, 12 games. Um, six on the Kansas side. Mm-hmm. Three, four, and five is six. So there's 12. Class six has two. There's 14. Class two has two. There's 16. Class uh, 18. There's two in class one. 18. Adrian and count right. Or your Adrian argument. and East Buchanan, if I'm, if I'm just off the top of my head. Yeah. So there's two Blue actually. 18 because there's Mill two Valley. Blue Valley Southwest, Mill Valley, Lafayette County, Liberty North, Center, Smithville, East Buck. Are you counting Gallatin? No. Adrian, is Adrian not on there? Uh, I'm getting to Adrian. Grain Valley, Fort Osage, Lamar. That's not a local team. Holden? Yes. Holden is. Um, Lee Summit North, Adrian. Not Marionville, right? No. Some of these towns, I'm not sure where they are. Olathe the Northwest, Gardner Edgerton, Pleasant Hill, St. Thomas Aquinas, Bishop Miege. I got 17. Unless I missed, there's six on the on the Kansas side. Yes, two in class six, so that's eight. Yes, two in class five, that's ten. Two in class four, that's twelve. Two in class three, that's fourteen. Two in class two, that's sixteen. And two in class one, it's eighteen. Who are the two in class one? Adrian Eastbuck. Adrian Eastbuck. We're Okay, we'll settle this. Holden, Holden, Lafayette County. Did you skip Lafayette County? Uh, no, I, I did uh, Lafayette County. Pleasant Hill, not Maryville. Green. Or are you not counting Maryville? Uh, I didn't count Maryville. That's it. My bad. <laughs> it's outside of our coverage area on the TV side of KSHB yeah. 41. Glad we cleared that up, you know, yes. live while we're rolling on the podcast and not beforehand. But that was a fun <laughs> exercise. Hey, welcome to Step Tackle Pod. I'm Mick Schaefer. <laughs> when you can't do math or count, you go to TV, kids. Uh, of KSHB 41, he's Dion Cliss, So he's not much better, okay? He did, you know, he does the writing, you know, first to print, now to uh, the internet of prep used to be used to be much better right, to keep my own stats. Yeah. Now that that's uh, mostly gone by the wayside. In fact, I had a area coach lament the fact that not everyone, and most notably a conference with 14 teams, does not use it. Ooh, I know. Uh, a lot of them don't. Though, you know, conference one, of the, one of the two who remain from that conference does. <laughs> There's three that remain from that conference, right? Uh, no, from the 14-team conference, there's two. I must be thinking of a different 14-team. Oh, no, 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 yeah, three. Two of the three do. Two of the three uh, do, sorry. I, mean, yeah, it's I haven't awesome. moved, I haven't moved Mill Valley mentally great. over. Digital Scout is great. Not only do you have like a season's worth of stats just right there at your fingertips and you're not having to rely on, I don't know, the schools uploading them to Max Preps. You never really trust Max Preps, right? Um, But you also have them live pretty much. For most of them, yeah. A lot of people. I go at halftime on these games. I look up and I say, okay, this team only has this many yards, right? At halftime. Wow, this guy's thrown for this many touchdown passes already. It's Almost instantaneous digital scout. What percentage of the teams use it in the area? Um, probably we're getting close to fifty. Yeah. Um, maybe now, nah, maybe a little less. 
with, with because if one team uses it, we've been at 25 to 30 games, which is about half the games yeah. that has some sort of live stat. Uh, you know, ideally everybody would use it. It'd be great. Um, we'd be able to have much more easier reports and things like that and, and much more stat leaders out of it that way. Um, there's a lot of things we can do with it. Um, and we can work on that. I, and I get, I get it. There are still plenty of coaches out there uh, that do not want their stats out there. They, there they are want those, to make you there those, form, don't they? Yes, yes, and there and and there are some, and there are at least one or two of those who are still playing in the playoffs, <laughs> so that, that are old school in that sense. Yeah, and, and we'll tell you straight up, that's what they want. That, that that's what they want. And it's so, easy to look. Look, you can go and look at the weekly schedules, and, and you can see which ones have the red stats box <laughs> next to their games. If they don't, they ain't doing them. Both of them aren't yeah. doing them, right? Because all you need is one school doing it. One. And I had this about five weeks into the season, there was a, a team, a, a fan uh, said, where are the stats from our team for this game? And I said, well, you don't use the stat system. The reason you have those for the other, because they play in a conference where most everybody, you know, most everybody on their schedule used it. I said, when you play someone else, they use it. And he's like, oh, okay. And yeah. I'm not, you know, the coaches have a choice and they can do what they want to do. And, uh, you know, we just, it's a service we offer. Um, we pay for it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's something we do. Uh, we, yeah. we know our fans like it. Um, and I think, you know, kids like it. I see people tweeting out um, screen grabs of it on yeah. Friday nights, uh, yeah. and so and it's a great tool. And and it's a it's been a, they're a great company. Um, they kind of got bought a couple times. We were with them originally, like in 2012 and 13, and they got bought by a company that decided that the model was to make it behind a paywall, along with the videos and things like that. And um, eventually, that company didn't do very well, and we're just going to shut down the digital scout technology. Mm-hmm. And the guys who who were working for them, who are about ready to be laid off, said, "Can we just have it?" And they yeah. took the company back. And and the, I, I think that the and I'm not even sure if the other company's still in business. They still owned a tiny little piece, but it's these guys in Ohio that have been doing it uh, for more than a decade now, and and it, they've kept it pretty basic. They upgraded uh, where they need to. Um, they, they, it does, it does pretty well. There's still some things that, that could be a little bit better. They're working on those all the time, but, uh, John Adams and his crew of their digital scout are great people. Uh, and, and we're glad. And he tells us, I mean, we're one of the biggest traffic areas in the nation using digital scout. So Good. we appreciate We appreciate the schools that use it and the fans that appreciate it. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it would seem like every game's on huddle, uh, and every game is, uh, streamed at some point, some way or another, almost like coaches are maybe ignoring the elephant in the room to where like, okay, it's fine to have your stats there. Well, but- and, the, and Huddle does stats, but they're not they're not front-end friendly. They're more back-end coaches. Yeah, and I'm not – yeah, I've never seen the stats on Huddle. I've just seen yeah. the game, the, the, right? And, you know, yeah, and it's, it's not it's not great play-by-play where digital – these digital scouts, both, it has – it has back-end reports for coaches that only those coaches can see, you know, tendencies of their own teams, you know, things like that. And um, that being said, digital scout is a tool and is only as good as the person entering the information sure. into that tool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have some that are fantastic that are as good as anybody. And I, um, the guy's name is escaping me at Liberty. He's been doing it since day one. He does a great job at it. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a, the guys at Platte County do a great job of it. Your guys at Mill Valley do a great job of it. Uh, and they also take it seriously, like if they're playing a team, they're not just selecting number five every time, right? For the rushing, all that stuff. They're, yeah, they're 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 just they, they get the right guy. They try to get the right guy. Some of them go so far as to do tackles and try and do all that stuff. I've seen that, which some. is yeah, yeah. Some are some are better at that than the others, yeah, you know, because they have great spotters and they can do this kind of thing. So, no, it's a awesome. great tool, and, and you know, and we have a lot of teams that are still playing that are using it. So that's always a fun thing. It's always great uh, for me to be able to you know because 
a lot of these games on the Missouri side and some of them on the Kansas side, this point are behind paywalls. If you're out, out of town, you can't go see it. You can't pay, you know, you can't pay the money to get behind that, behind that paywall. We've yep. got, we've got another way you can follow along that game. It's, it's almost, I mean, it's almost like, like watching uh, almost if you, if you got it on stream and then you got another page open with uh, prepskc.com and the stats, almost like watching like an NFL game or something. You have all the information yeah. right there at your fingertips. All right, let's get to it. Last week, uh, week 12 of the football schedule. We talked about it. It's the beginning of a two-week stretch of some of the best football you'll see all season in Kansas City. It did not disappoint. Let's start with some of the uh, the upsets. I don't want to, you know, throw some salt like Kadarius Tony. We'll just call him. Uh, surprising scores, maybe scores we didn't expect. I'll start on the Missouri side. Smithville at Kearney, the the Warriors not only exacting revenge on a one-point <laughs> loss earlier in the season, but winning by 36 over Kearney, an undefeated team prior to that. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things I think it snowballed on Kearney um, because Smithville played so well. And I think that Smithville is a team that has that championship DNA. And, you know, they got caught early in the season by – a a Carney team that was playing really well. Not that Carney was not playing well coming into this game, um, but but I think Carney got to their top quicker than Smithville got to their yeah. top and stayed there. And so when Smithville got to their top by the end of the season, um, yep. they got him in, in a really good game, which sets up a great game with center um, who handled Nevada. Hold on, we'll get to those. We'll get to those. Okay. <laughs> Get to those. We're piecing our way here through uh, Snap Tackle Pod. We we thirteen. I am still uh, salute to us. We're getting through uh, thirteen weeks. Well, it's you know if if anybody happened to and if you don't listen to everything, you're probably a better person. But if you caught Snap Tackle Pod last week, that was recorded at nine o'clock in the morning. If you caught our radio show, whether by by podcast or on the show, to tell you a little secret, we do it in different pieces. Then we piece it together. Yeah, it's all based on coaches' availability. Well, the last thing we do for the show each week is the open to each hour of the show. If you tuned in at 4 o'clock or you listened on the podcast page on Thursday or Friday, I am still alive because it sounded like I was dying. <laughs> I remember first, that, yeah. The beginning, the beginning of those first two hours. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been battling a head cold now for just a good old-fashioned cold, not the flu, not COVID, just a good old-fashioned. It's going to drain into your throat, make you cough right. at night, give you a sore throat. You're going to take Dayquil every day for, um, and by the way, I don't know why Dayquil thought they need to come up with some sort of honey thing. Don't buy that. It do sucks. It's horrible. Don't do Just the do honey. The, the orange and, and uh, green packets. Yes. Like yes. Blue, yeah, that's yeah. what you want. Well, I like the cherry Nyquil. I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that, but okay. we survived last week. Uh, I am feeling better uh, in the process. Have worked up a sty in this eye from, you know, having cold and the, you know, the whole, the whole deal. And it's about this time of year. I remember, uh, back in 2012, I was no voice state championship weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, oh, and, yeah. and managed to get it back to do <laughs> to do the former Metro Sports show we used to do at Arrowhead. Barely got it back in time to do yeah. that for the Smokies. Well, so lesson here is uh, Smithville is peaking right now. Dion peaks yes. like early October. Okay, and we're yes, just, uh, I think so. Down trying to trying to battle back, playing hurt. The downhill. Uh, so a big win for Smithville. We'll talk about their game coming up uh, with Center in a little bit. Uh, also, uh, just uh, again, not an upset, but a score we didn't expect. Blue Valley Southwest 69, DeSoto 35, and Dylan Dunn throwing eight touchdown eight. passes in that game. Eight. Uh, watch some eight. of that. Um, I, I'm sure that uh, Coach King and his defensive staff would uh, like to have some of those coverages back because there seemed to be at least one guy running free every single time that they hit they hit five touchdowns or 40 yards or more in yes. that game 
Uh, and it was, and it wasn't like somebody broke a tackle at the 15 and took off running. No, they were 15 yards behind the defense on most of those big long passes. So cool. what shocked me was the fact that DeSoto's defense was playing so well, but I think that they hadn't seen a passing attack in a wide open team that had the skill players that EKL type players that blue Southwest must have. Yeah. And, and yeah, they don't, they don't see that, uh, that, that sort of attack much and look offensively too. DeSoto turned the ball over six times and it could have been more. I mean, um, uh, Blue Vest Southwest threw a pick six at the five going into score. They fumbled another time in for a um, a touchback at like the one yard line. So a dominating performance by Blue Valley Southwest. And we'll talk about their game with Mill Valley uh, coming up a little bit later on as well. Any other scores or games that maybe uh, surprised you from last week? Well, I know that Josh Korkenmeyer won't talk to me probably for the rest of the offseason because I picked them Did to you win. Picked them? Yeah, I did. I totally put the jinx in on them. I, I will say I also picked another EKL team to lose, and I got a very nice uh, email from that coach calling me a loser, to which I replied to him and said, obviously you haven't been paying attention to how I'm picking this team. <laughs> he helped, you helped him. Yes, I helped him. So, no, it was it was a great – Coach Riley was sent me that on Saturday morning, and we had, we had a big laugh back and forth <laughs> on the email. And I said, obviously you haven't been, you haven't been uh, you know, paying attention to my picks that much this year. Uh, but, no. I picked uh, I picked St. James in that game and lost. I picked Blue Valley West in that game, lost. Uh, I did pick Blue Valley Southwest, so I did get that one right. Yeah, um, yeah. The other ones, right. I, the other ones, I was throwing their hands up in the air, like what, what the heck? Yeah, uh, I, I also had Olay the West too, so I was on the yeah, wrong side. Of and, that one. and what a great game that was! We'll, we'll talk about that one before we kind of move forward here. Olay the Northwest, what a heater they're on, by the way. Uh, winning against rival Olathe West, 35 to 33 in a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. I think there might've been like four lead changes in that game and they survived a two point conversion at the end to hold on. Well, and, and, and coach Clark, Gordon Clark, who's been there for a long time as an assistant as first year's head coach. And, um, you know, they've been getting better the last few years. We talked about them a couple weeks ago and they'd kind of taken that step into, you know, beating the teams they should be. And now they're like, Hey, we got a second shot at some of our rival teams and they've taken care of their business, and they get Gardner Edgerton. Uh, and it, I, I, I think it's a great story. I think I like looking at that bracket, and nothing against the Olathe Norse of the Blue Valleys, or the Blue Valley Norse of the Blue Valley North. That's a new blood, new blood. Yeah, and that's cool. great to see. It, it's it's good for football in Kansas City all the way around. Just like Blue Valley Northwest win that state championship last year. It, it could it be great. new blood across the board in six A because uh, Derby lost their quarterback, a very talented kid, very good kid, but broke his leg. And so they'll be changing stuff up against a Manhattan team that already that already beat them earlier in the beat season. Beat them once, yeah. 6A could be brand new. Yeah, and so I, I think that's, you know, uh, no no derby in the state championship game? I don't even know. But does that allow it to happen? <laughs> Is that, I thought uh, it was in a you state. have law. a state championship game without derby? I know. So just cancel it, you know, play it on what's, what's What's Joel's cousin going to do? Go to Pittsburgh and watch watch – Cousin play possible? Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Valley's there. Yes, hopefully. Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, good stuff uh, from last week. As predicted, a lot of good games, a lot of big results, uh, which leads into this week in our uh, REMAX Big Three. Tough, tough decisions this week oh. for your REMAX Big Three. As we were texting last night, you said I should have thrown Mays and Hayes in there, and I thought about it. I was like, that should have been just a, as a joke. I mean, uh, how no, often do you really- have a semifinal? Where the teams rhyme, Dion. I know. Maze and Hayes. It's great. I, I mean, it's uh, uh, to see who plays the winner of Mill Valley, Blue Valley, Southwest. Ooh, so the big three this valleys, week. And then Maze and Hayes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, on both sides. Friday's got it going on in the naming. They've got they've got the they best do. naming, no doubt. All right, let's take uh, no, a look I'm... at your big three games. I want to start on the Missouri side if we can. You got okay. Pleasant Hill at Maryville in a class three quarterfinal. We're in the final eight in class three on the Missouri side. Can the uh can the Roosters take down a, a kind of the derby of, of Missouri oh, class three football? The one thing I think that the Pleasant Hill is going for it is the same thing that when I talked to Odessa coach Mark Thomas last week is they two platoon. They have one guy going both ways. They have a that's ton great. of great. I mean, at the yeah. class three level, that's, that's class three of. level. And, and, you know, Maryville, they have a lot of guys going both ways. They're a tough team to defend an option, but they throw the ball a little more this year than they have in the past. Uh, you know, both teams are so well coached. Matt Webb at Maryville uh, has been doing it there for a decade. And and then Justin Hamilton, we've, we've seen what he's done with Pleasant Hill in a very short amount of time, taking them from 0 and 10. So now having a chance, they're they're two wins away from going to the state championship game for the first time since 1974, the only time they've ever been in one. I think Coach Hamilton said they were in the semis one other time. Uh, so, yeah, they have they are definitely a team that is – their only loss is to center. Uh, that's it. I mean, that's their only loss, and they've handled pretty much everybody else. Uh, Odessa played them a little closer uh, in, the, in the early part of the season, but then Pleasant Hill handled them last week. Maryville's been in some tough, tight games. You know, they lost a tough one to Luther North. They lost a tough one to St. Pius early. They played Blair Oaks. Their schedule is outstanding um, yep. and it's got them prepared. And they're, you know, they're used to being in this spot. So the, you know, Pleasant Hills back in the same spot they were last year. They won the district and played St. Pius and got beat. So that's, you know, this, these kids are, are, are there too. So uh, no, I think that class three game is going to be a fantastic one. Yep. And, um, we're going to have coverage of that. Uh, very happy to send one of our guys is going to trek up to Maryville on Saturday nice. uh, and go get that game and get some highlights and, and, and coverage of that game. Well, that'll be great, and I'm still stuck on the two platoon part. I mean, you need—I mean, I mean, literally—you need 22 guys to do that. But in all actuality, you need 60 to 80 60. at least, yeah, to 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 do that. Yeah, and they've they've done a great job of building that depth. And you know, Pleasant Hill is right, one of those teams that's right on that line of class three, class four. Uh, in fact, um, when the um, we were talking about that going to that Pleasant Hill center game, Coach Hamilton at Pleasant Hill and Coach Long at center have become pretty good friends over the last few years. They coached together in an all-star game. And he said they Hamilton said they spent all summer talking to each other, wondering if one of them was going to four, both of them were going to four, both yeah. of them were staying in three. Uh, and so for those two, it worked out well. They got to play each other the regular season, and one of them goes to four, and the other one stays in three, and they can go on and don't have to see each other again. But uh no, it's gonna be um it's gonna be that that Maryville Pleasant Hill game is gonna be a knockdown drag out fight. Yeah. Um, awesome stuff there. All right, also on the Missouri side, class five. You have Fort Osage and Grain Valley. I, I love the rematches in the playoffs, but I love them when they're a rematch from like week one. Cause you that's almost that's two different seasons pretty much at that point. And you could get two entirely different teams. What one could have gone up, one could have gone down. I think in this case they've both kind of gone up. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if uh if uh Grain Valley's you know bridged that gap. Uh Grain Valley lost 33-14 the first game. Um neither one of them really want to ever watch that game again because even though Porto Sage scored 33 points and won that game, it was so sloppy. Yeah. It looked like a week one game and and both of them put the ball on the ground. They did not look good. Uh, Grain Valley would go on to start one and two and they've won eight in a row. Porto Sage would start two and two and they've won seven in a row. So wow. what started the season as a game like, oh hey, we're gonna see this game again. About a month into the season we're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if either one of these teams are any good. And here we are, you know, two months later and they're they're right back, and they're mirror images of each other. They they play tough defense. They're so well coached. 
Um, their offense is based on the run game. Um, they're built for a cold Friday night in November. Um, and that's, that's what we're going to see. It's going to be a fantastic game. Um, I haven't decided which way I'm picking on this one last year. It's a rematch of last year's quarterfinal, yeah. which was a, I think a one score game at halftime. And then Fort Osage just blew their doors off in the second half. It just kind of unraveled for Grain Valley. Um, I don't see that happening this year. I think that those kids that were Grain Valley was kind of a young team last year. Um, they graduated a lot of seniors from a team that had been in the quarterfinals of two years before that. So this is the fourth straight year Grain Valley has been in the quarterfinals uh, in the third straight year in class five. So yeah, it says a lot about where that program's come from. Their chance to go to the semifinals for the first time since 1996 when they were class for Grain Valley two. <laughs> wow. Oh, I know. Right. Two. I, the ascension you've seen in the, what, just, you know, 20, 30 tell years. You, so that year when I was at the examiner, the last going into the last week of the season, the number one team in class five, it was five A at that time, yeah, uh, was Blue Springs. They were undefeated, and there was no big class then, right? They, they had to split. They don't split into six until um, a few years later. In class three, Oak Grove was nine and zero and number one, and in class two, Green Valley was nine and zero and number one. Wow, well, um, Green, no, Green Valley would go on three, and Green Valley, which I'm sure at the time it was, it was like, what? Where's Green Valley? What? What tiny yeah. little Berg is that just shot up. Yes. In fact, they, they are well in the class five and I don't yeah. know if they'll ever get to class six. I think they'll open another high school before they get to class six. Okay. Uh, there's only, there's only so many schools that want to go into class six blue Springs. We love it. We just want to get big. We don't care. Yeah. Two schools. Let's keep adding yeah. on. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, great. I don't know why I went class three to class five to class four, but that's what we're doing here with the big, uh, big three games of the week. And just a, uh, a huge one in class four in the quarterfinals center and Smithville, this one at Smithville, and you've got what high powered offense against just suffocating defense here. Is that the storyline? Yeah. yeah. You know, a, a Smithville defense that puts 11 guys to the ball. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, they, they don't necessarily have the big, huge guys and, and uh, they've got a lot of good team speed and they run the ball really well. And they're well coached defensively, offensively. They they're pretty Andrew Hedgecourt is a great dual threat guy quarterback. Um, and a lot of the names graduated off that Smithville team, but he is he is still there and is doing a fantastic job. And um, then you match up with center. And they got speed. They got speed on the offensive line. They got speed on the defensive line. They got speed everywhere, and they're healthy. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams go after each other. And, and it's a, a, we knew that center was probably going to play one of those. <coughs> excuse me. Still battling here. Um, had to play one of those teams, and they're finally going to get it get it done this time. Yeah. Um, all right. Now we're on the Kansas side. The big three games of the week. There's there's only three uh, right there. <laughs> Makes it easy. I'll go in order this time. We'll start in 4A. Uh, St. James and Bishop B.H. It's a huge rivalry. But the, this is the first time they've met in the playoffs since 2012 because, you know, Bishop B.H. has been 4A forever. Yeah. Uh, Aquinas comes down in football for 4A this year. And they're meeting the semifinals to go to uh, a state championship game. And look, Randy Dryling. He's going for a title in a third different classification. Yeah. That's not a record. It's got to be close to one, I would think. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else has done it on the on the Kansas side. Uh, I know Mark Thomas has won titles with three different teams, but it's only two different classes. Yeah, Boonville and Odessa were both in class three, and Carney was in class four. So, no, it's a it's you know quite an achievement. 
I think Miege is hungry for this game because they did not play well. They, they did. That was the first to, loss of the year. We thought Miege were just going to cruise through the twenty EKL. to seven lead, and they gave it up, man. And, and that was kind of the Aquinas right around that time where Aquinas, where, where Coach Rowling was just like, you know, we've got back to back. They had back to back losses. They didn't look like they were playing all that well. The shiny come off the three and zero start. They weren't finishing drives, and then they get down in the first half, and it looks like it's more of the same. And then they just turn it on. And they've been playing really well since that time. And and I think this is going to be a fantastic back and forth game. Looking forward to watching that game Friday night. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun night on Friday, uh flipping through streams and yeah. and trying to trying to catch different games and uh see see how they go. But that one's and gonna be all three of those games are gonna be correct. And that is just yes. gonna be a packed house. You have all those roofs, roofs of all the houses surrounding <laughs> Bishop Miege stocked full with people. It's gonna be 20 degrees, but I, I imagine there'll be plenty of people up there. Uh, peeking yeah. in on what's going to be uh, one of the holiest of holy wars. Um, all right, in 5A in Kansas, you have Blue Valley Southwest at Mill Valley uh, for the right to go to the 5A state championship game in Pittsburgh. And look, uh, it was either going to be the biggest game in DeSoto history, probably, or the biggest game in Blue Valley Southwest history because Southwest hasn't been this far. Uh, they're 6-5, and five, and they've never made it to the semifinals this year, and here they are. And boy, they they uh they, they got their like gangbusters with a uh, sixty nine point showing against Desoto. But on the other side of the school district, you have a Mill Valley team that hasn't given up a point uh, in the playoffs and has given up only three points since they fell to uh to Olathe the North in Week Eight. Yeah, they've uh, played pretty angry the last few weeks. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about that. And they, um, it seems to me that I mean, it, it, when you get the postseason, you get up now the rain game. I think that, you know, that was one of those games where the defense probably stayed in the entire game just because it was that type of game. And, um, but there's something about shutting out playoff opponents. It's not easy to do, even if you're that much better than a team, because your twos go in sometimes and they give up, or, you know, if you're up big yeah. time, your threes <laughs> go in and they may give up a, a score. There's a, there's a, it seems like, I don't know, you would know more about this than I would with having a child on the defense. There seems to be a conscious decision of we're here to shut people out. They, they are, shut. but it's the twos as well. And I tell you, there's, there's, uh, they've run the clock in seven of the 11 games, right? So it's a different dynamic in the second half, far fewer possessions. <clears throat> that clock's just rolling, but twos are coming in, threes are coming in, and they're holding the ground. Mill Valley's given up 64 points this year total, right? 64. Two of those touchdowns are uh, pick sixes. Pick sixes. Yes. They've only given up the defense and, and the starting defense has given up uh, 43 of those 50 points that are left. They've only given up seven points the defense has in the second half. That's it. Now, part of it, it's a running clock, but part of it is too. I mean, the backups are there too to, to make sure there's no, there's no, um, there's no points being scored. There's, I mean, there's a reason that Mill Valley's yet to lose a sub varsity game in the uh, Sunflower League over three years, freshman and JV. I mean, they're stocked before that. But, yes, uh, there was there was a game earlier in the season where the twos gave up a score, and they were not happy about that. And that prevented a shutout. Um, and so they've been able to do it. So, there's you know, a couple factors there. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, I think it's a stated purpose. But you've got a team coming in. Rolling well, yeah, that's, and, that's uh, rolling. Uh, that scored 69 points. I bet they get, uh, get the end zone. Well, and, you know, Southwest last week was doing more just straight – go routes and, you know, double moves and deep balls and things like that, uh, that, you know, I think that they're going to be tested by that Mill Valley defense, but 
but the front four of Mill Valley's defense has got to get home, I think, to, yeah. to cover that four or five wide. It's going to be on that Mill Valley front four and on that Blue Valley Southwest offensive line. That's where the big battle is going to be. Yeah, it's a rematch from last year in the uh, the quarterfinals. These two met at Mill Valley. Mill Valley getting the win last year. We'll see this year <clears throat> who prevails. Up in 6A, we talked about it, the new blood. It's Olathe Northwest and Gardner. Gardner's been here before, not too many times, but they've Five been days. here before. Olathe Northwest never has. Yeah, no, Olathe Northwest has never uh, been in the semis, and, and, and Gardner's only been in the semis. I think. Have they been in 6A? Is it just once? or the- I think once, maybe. In six A, when they went to Warrior and they lost to Randy Drylings. Well, that was five. That was five A. That was five A. Five A. But I mean, yeah. overall, but yeah. have they made it this far in six A? I don't think they have. I would have to. I need to double check that. I, I I'm pretty sure they haven't. Remember, um, but they are. I mean, Bubba playing. was the quarterback for four years. There's a chance they got there again. Well, they were never. They were never five A his whole time. Okay. Well, you're Blue talking. Blue Valley. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking any semifinal. Yeah, so they've been in the semifinals before, so there's no doubt about that. Uh, but no, they they are playing fantastic. Uh, they got down in that game, fourteen to nothing, and were in total control of that game, down fourteen to nothing. Hmm. They moved the ball all the way down the field, fumbled it. West ran it back for a touchdown. They moved the ball down the field again, didn't get a score. West got one good drive in, and they're down fourteen to nothing. And but really, from that point on, they dominated. Uh, their defense played fantastic, did a fantastic job on Zach Darsh and that team. Uh, and then also offensively, they are just churning and burning. They they are running uh, – they're flexible and they throw a ball a little bit out of it. Um, and they are physical and they are tough. Olathe Northwest can score. They've got a tough physical running game. They throw a ball well enough. Uh, defensively, uh, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty solid. They, they do enough to keep the off, the, the offense will – you know, to keep them in the game so the offense can score. I think it's fantastic. I'm, I'm so thrilled for both those programs and both those coaches – have a chance to go to a state championship game. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be uh gonna be a fun one, which has been a it's been a great six A bracket. We've had so many good games. We all the- knew coming in this year it was gonna it could be like this. I mean that's that we we didn't know it was gonna be these two teams, but we no. knew that it was as wide open as it'd been in a long time. Yeah, absolutely we did. All right, some games we're missing here. Let's make sure we cover them all. Um chances of Liberty North and Lee Summit North Dion facing off for a state title. They're playing in semifinal games. Lee Summit North is at Deschmet. And then you have Liberty North hosting CBC. Yes, uh, I, I think chances are good. Um, you know, last year we almost got there. Uh, Lee Summit North kind of had CBC beat. Um, you know, gave up a big play, but then came right back, got a big play of their own, and couldn't punch it in to take the lead. I think they they take the lead. They have a good chance of winning that game. Um, this year, I think that, you know, Liberty North is a year older. They've got that experience of going that deep. Same with Lee Summit North, even though there's a lot of different faces on that team offensively and defensively. Uh, but they know they know the drill. They're getting on the bus on Friday. They're driving to St. Louis. They're playing at a Catholic school. So it's not there's nothing new for Lee Summit North uh, this year in terms of of what their expectations are. Liberty North same way. Saturday playing the CBC team they played last year. They came out and got a turnover right away. It looked like if they could punch it in and get a touchdown, they could you know grab the momentum early. They didn't. They went to go get a field goal on a windy day. Their very good field goal kicker missed, and then. It just kind of unraveled on them. I mean, CBC kind of took over, and then they turned it over five times. Obviously, the worst performance they'd had all season long. You're talking about a Sam Van Dyne. I think he had, what, two interceptions going into that game last year and threw three or four in in the yeah. state championship game. Has zero. Of course, now I've just jinxed him, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> heading into this game uh, this year. I have heard that CBC's defense is not quite as fast and as potent as it was last year. Still a very good team. 
Um, you're talking about DeSmet was ranked most of the season, but they've lost a bunch of games. Uh, they played a pretty tough schedule. But you're talking about Liberty North, CBC, and Lee Seven North, who have pretty much been one, two, and three all season long. And they are the three best teams, and they are are playing for it. And DeSmet's probably based on that district, uh, the the number number four team, and it's definitely going to be uh, a, a tough game for both, but I like both their chances to get there. Yeah. All right, so we've talked class six, class five, class four, and class three. Uh, class two, now Lafayette County just humming along, still undefeated. They get by yeah. Bowling Green? Uh, I think they can. Uh, they got by Richmond seven to six last week. Richmond has some kind of – that's the only team that's played them within a score all season long. They've just blown <laughs> everybody out. Richmond, they, they had to score late to win by six – uh, the first time they played them, and they beat them seven to six. And I listened to most of that game last week. It was a punt fest. I mean, it was a lot of tough <laughs> to defense, be. and it was just you know teams punting and 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 just hard hitting and and that. I think a good, good shot to get past Bowling Green, um, and then we'll see from there. Uh, the, I think they have they have Blair Oaks on their side. It's going to be tough uh, with that Blair Oaks team. I mean, they're really good. Uh, Dylan Hare, their, their seven-year starter. Oh, well, actually, he's only four, but his brother started the three years before that. Yeah, um, always, the, the, his, always Hare's uh, play quarterback. Yeah, but no, I I think Lafayette County's got a good shot, and I don't know if Steve Cook gets enough credit for what he's done at Lafayette County. I think I've I've made the statement that if Lamar, if Lamar did not exist, we'd be talking about Lafayette County's three, four, maybe five state championships. Yeah. Uh, in the last 12, 13 years. Uh, yeah, and then Lamar at Holden is another uh, semifinal. Sorry, uh, quarterfinal game. Quarterfinal. Yeah, David Diener. Uh, that the name sounds familiar. Yes, it's Marvin Diener's son. Is the coach? No way. Okay, has done a fantastic job with that program. He took over a team that was over, couldn't win, um, and has got them to the point where they're winning a district title. They were down to Pembroke Hill last week and came back and won that game. Um, they have uh, three losses this year. Three losses. They yep. lost to Mid Buchanan in a close game. They lost to Richmond in a close game and they kind of got blown out by Lafayette County, but there's no shame in that. Yeah. Uh, but no fantastic season for them. They get Lamar, they get him at home. Um, you know, anything's possible that it's definitely a step up for them to get Lamar. But I think what coach Diener's done at Holden this year and that like last three years actually is fantastic. That's a team that has had some history, you know, early in the you know 2010s of playing well. And, and now it's good to see that team playing well again. Uh, winning a district title and playing in the quarterfinals. Uh, and then in class one, uh, you talk about a, a, a dominant defending state champ playing great defense. East Buckstone, four straight shutouts here. Yes. Uh, and they are playing a Gallatin team uh, that has kind of broken through. Um, they've got some guy named Chris Holt, which if you're a, a fan of high school football, you know that he was at Maryville. Then he went to Oak Park for a little while. Then he got out of coaching. Then he went to Lathrop and took them to a state championship game. He is now coaching at Gallatin, and shocking, they are very good. So uh, this is going to be a big test for East Buchanan. They, they just uh, beat Mid Buchanan last week, twenty-one to nothing. Uh, I like you talk about having players. They've got sixty-some kids on that team. They've got as much depth as anybody in Class One, and that's really going to show well for them. So uh, I, I think East Buchanan will get by. I think they're going to win the state championship. That's I, I mean I think it's them and Monroe yeah. City are the two best teams. But uh, I, I think East Buchanan's it's a really good test for them. Um, but playing the KCI, they played loss and they played you know. You know, Midbuck and 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 Penny and West Platte and all those teams, they're pretty well tested going into this, this postseason. And then finally, Marionville and Adrian. This one at Adrian in Class 1. Yes, Adrian won the uh, district title, beat Butler last week. Marionville is in southwest Missouri uh, coming up for that game. And uh, fun fun fact, um, I like Marionville, Marionville wanted to play at 2 
Um, and Adrian said, okay, that's fine. Well, I guess when you go from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., there's certain lighting things that you have to have. Yeah, especially at standard time. Yes. Uh, and Adrian would have to have done some upgrades. And Adrian's like... Lights are expensive. Yeah, no, we're not bringing extra lights. We're going to yeah. play at 1. One's so, fine. One's fine. So they're going to play... They're, 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 we're back to 1 o'clock. Yeah, so the Marionville's coming in. They're going to play at 1. Adrian... You know, consistently been a really solid class one program over the last five, six, seven years. I mean, they have a great history with George Bruto and, you know, one state titles, you know, in the last 30 years, but uh, just consistently a good program. They've got a shot here. Marionville's a pretty good team. Um, but, you know, Adrian with a shot to go to the semifinals. They went to semifinals a couple of years ago yeah. where they lost to Mid Buchanan. So, the good, good run, another good run for them. Good deal. All right. So, we've exhausted time, unless you want to get into the Simonis at all here. Simone uh, ballot comes out next week. Wide open. It'll be like Almost 10, every, right, for 10 on each 10, category. 10 on each one. one. And I'll tell you, I think every award is as wide open as it's been since we've been doing this. I could easily tell you, Mac, you know, some people are like, oh, Mac Armstrong at me age for the for the Fontana. That's the center guys. But, you know, Sean Carroll, the guys from center, Andrew Headcourt from Smithville, Easton Rowe, the quarterback at Pleasant Hill. Uh, you know, I mean, I can list off and you know, and I don't oh, Matt, I don't Matt's have the numbers are insane. Max numbers are great. <laughs> Eudora's got great players and they've got some guys who put up numbers. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we always know the bell is competitive because they're, you know, though Camden BB is a guy to keep an eye on uh, for that one. He's probably the one. So of many BBs. You can't stop. Uh, the BBs. I think this the is Bu- the last one. This is the, this is the last one. The Buchanan, which D one guy who's going to play on Sunday. Do you want for that? That's one? the one like there's some awards <laughs> where it's like, okay, nobody's really broken out of the pack and had a phenomenal season. And that might be the Simone award this year. But yeah. not the Buchanan. It's like, okay, which one of these, you know, six or eight guys that's broken out of the pack are we going to choose? Yeah. It, it, and then, you know, you look at the Simone. We talk Sam Van Dyne. We talk Malik, you know, Malik Oedis and, and Grant Supperfield. Well, they haven't played game. You know, their, their teams are done. Sam Van Dyne's still playing. Yeah. No, um, I think. And maybe there's, done. there's some, some guys who's Simone maybe to be one these next two weeks with yes. uh, some of those big school kids that are still playing. Yes. So, I mean, uh, it, it's – it's definitely going to be one of those where you say, I, I don't, th- I, I think that depends on how the coaches vote to get to the top four. I mean, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that Simone floats out, but uh, it's going to be one of our media medium committee get together this week and, and work on the ballot. Uh, but uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. And basically you, you, next week we'll kick off all some, all things Simone as we roll through the end of the state championships. That sounds great. Sounds like a plan. Should be fun. Semifinals and quarterfinals this Friday and Saturday. We're spilling over. We've got some one yes. o'clock games, not some two o'clock games. One o'clock games. All one o'clock. All on one Saturday. O'clock. So uh two days uh to decide uh you know the next round of teams that are moving on. Should be fun. It always is. Dion, have a great Friday night. It's gonna be cold out there. Layer up. Well, you'll be inside. I, I'm I'll be inside. Up. I'll be Woo. inside. Woo. Hand warmers. Goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> sneak in one of those portable heaters that nobody sees. Uh, it's, uh, you're royalty. Bring your there. cardboard. You stand, stand on the cardboard. I don't. I still don't understand how that works, but apparently it does. That's what everybody says. Sit and stand on the cardboard. Stand on the cardboard. All right. Here we go. It's all for the kids. All for the kids. Uh, all right. I don't know when I when I go to football games, I sit in club level. I'm not standing on any cardboard, so that's how exactly. I don't. I don't go unless I'm in club level. <laughs> all right guys uh good luck to all the teams on friday and saturday best of luck dion enjoy it uh be sure to catch up with uh, all the action on prepskc.com and see all the highlights 
literally all the highlights of the Friday night. I will, we should, on, under the lights Friday on, night we'll have highlights of everybody. I'm assuming we'll you can get us some St. Louis highlights? St. Louis? Uh, we'll work on that. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing in St. Louis. One thing. <laughs> Work on it. So, all right, for Dion, I'm Mick. We'll see you next time right here on Snap Tackle Pod.